Hey guys, this is my week. This is the My Taught You podcast. I am here with Nedra Glover Tawab, a licensed therapist, sought after relationship expert, and she has practiced relationship therapy for over a decade. She's the founder and owner of the group therapy practice Kaleidoscope Counseling. I find that I love that because I love your color nails and just how colorful you are when we see photos of you on the gram. Um, every day, she helps people create healthy relationships by teaching them how to implement boundaries, uh, which the book that she has made her a New York Times bestselling author. Her philosophy is that a lack of boundaries and assertiveness underlie most relationship issues and her gift is helping people create healthy relationships with themselves and others. So Nedra, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. Uh, Thank you. On the success of your book. So I'm going to launch into, I, I got all the questions and all the things and I'm not going to hold you. So I'm going to get going. Okay. Um, I spoke with you once via IGTV. That was the first time we spoke live besides DM. Um, and I wanted to stick with the script, which was book promotion. And so I am glad to have you back for a talk today because as you may have noticed, I am just very fond of therapy. Um, when I started nearly a decade ago, I, and I feel like I lucked up with my therapist and found a good fit. I wondered why more people weren't going and why, pe- why more people don't stay. Mm. And so I want to spend some time um, talking to you about therapy, about your business and about you as a person, because I feel like I've seen you. I see tons of podcasts. I see a lot of your advice all over, but um, I just, I'm like, okay, what do, where, where do I want to go? I have, I feel like I'm having a burst of questions. Um, I want to start with your career. Okay. What prompted you to, to, I feel like the way your social posts hit, mm-hmm. they really hit, I feel like in our community, but I, I feel like a lot, it resonates with a lot of people. When you sat down and decided you were going to get on the ground and as a therapist, what were you hoping would happen? And did you expect to basically blow up like this? So prior to using Instagram professionally, me, I'm not a big social media person Oops. because for years I heard my clients complain about social media. And so I I just never took to it. In 2009 to 10, when I moved to Charlotte, I had Facebook for one year. I didn't like it and I got off. That was personal. And then in 2017, I started this professional account. And my intention was to be intentional with mental health Mm. and to create content that people could understand things that will help them be comfortable with therapy, with a therapist to see that we are people, we can talk and not just nod. um, And that we have some views that could be helpful. And we can talk about stuff in a way that they can understand. Because I think so often with therapists, we use a lot of jargon. We CBT, DBT, um, MFT you to death, right? Yes. (laughs) Which can be intimidating of like, I'm going to go and what do I say? I feel like one of the bigger questions to to me, people write me and like, okay, I want to go to therapy, but like, what do I do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. 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 So you, you were like, I'm just going to make it, make it plain. 
make it plain. And a lot of it started with what I would say to my clients. Mm -hmm. Like we would be in session and they'd be like, oh, and I'm like, let me write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's down on my little pad. It's really (laughs) simple of like, sometimes when people Q&A me and they're like, I don't know how to tell people that I don't want to do this. And it's like, you just told them. And Mm -hmm. then hearing it back, you're like, oh, that's it. But it doesn't seem like it can be so simple. It really can. Um, I set a boundary last week with someone and I wanted to think about it for a little bit. So I gave myself 24 hours. And in the thinking phase, I was adding so much to it. I knew the answer was no, but I wanted to say, no, please don't ask me anymore. No. So I just went back to no. Like after 24 hours, I just went back to a plain no. Because maybe I'm okay with you asking me in the future. Mm. Maybe I am okay with um, doing it, you know, in June, but not in May. So I just, you know, I just went back to no, period. Ah. On your website, your first core value is minding your business. And and when I read that, and sometimes you say things and it's like, sometimes it feels sassy culturally. I feel like, you know, grandma, your mom, mind your business. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I hear you say it, I know you're serious. And my question is, what can people gain from minding their own business? Um, And what do you think is the fascination in not doing so? I feel like that's a, it's a simple one, but again, not so simple. Mm. I think we can gain presence in our own lives. Mm. We are so busy functioning with and for other people that we are so unclear what's going on with ourselves. When I started, um, practicing as a therapist, one thing people said was uh, social workers had a worse families. I wonder why, because we are in the business of minding everybody else's business, except our own. And so I believe in a very inside out approach, right? So if I'm saying to people, you know, you should meditate. I think I ought to try some meditating myself. Uh If I say before you respond, you should think about it. I think I ought to do that myself. You know, (laughs) I think that it really comes from an authentic space. And sometimes I will suggest stuff that I don't really like, but I'll say, hey, I tried it. It wasn't for me, but this sounds like something you could like. You know, you seem like a person who uh, you're adventurous, you know, you go and do it, (laughs) you know, but I, I do like to think about things in a way from an inside out approach. And Minding your business is really being inside of yourself. And really, so often, we don't really know the details of other people's lives, but we have a lot of feedback about what they should and shouldn't be doing. You yeah. know, when people, I get, I do my Q&As on Monday, and I get so many questions about other people's lives. Yeah. My friend has a relationship and her boyfriend, you have a beautiful (laughs) opportunity to talk about yourself and you're talking about your friend and her boyfriend. I'm not sure that she has a problem. Mm. She has not sent me a question. Right. But just the, right. The, I, I often hear people say, oh, you know, it's easier to focus on others than it is our own, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's the habit or if that's true. And I, 
I think because I came up in a culture, I feel like of gossip, like I think Mm -hmm. as a young person and in the home, and it was just a, a way to bond that I didn't, I don't even think I knew the amount of peace that you can have when you kind of just shut down when people are ready to tell other people's business, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, I I don't even know if that, like, this doesn't sound like something that's for me. And I feel like in your, in your, um, uh, all of your posts, there's just a lot of tips and prompts. And so what is the most popular post? Like, what is, if you, you know, when you talk about this, well, I know boundaries, but what is, do you, what is something that's just like, oh, Gosh, I had a post the other day that has been my biggest post thus far, and it's a swipe through. I can't think of what it was about. Is it the one? Um, I think it. But uh, it was a swipe through the other day. I I think think that people enjoy very direct information about what to say. I get a lot of um, engagement around prompts. Because so often we don't know what to say to people. And like you said, it can be simple. It could Mm -hmm. be no. It could be, I am not able to come to your party. So often we already have the words, but we're trying to finesse them into a different reaction from a person. Right. And that's the piece we can't control. And so we just need to say it. It's not always about how do I make them less this. It's like, (laughs) This is what you need. This is what you want. There is no way to say it. You can smile and say it. You can laugh and giggle. And at the end of it, they will have whatever reaction they want to have. But I think scripts are so helpful for people. Often in my sessions, there'll be, you know, I say, well, you know, you could just say it like this. You know, our first date was great. And, you know, I really, you know, enjoy your company. How about we parlay this into a friendship and not a romantic relationship? And they're like, oh, that's great. Now that was like, (laughs) that landed really soft, you know? How about we parlay this into a friendship? That's, that's a lovely. Yeah. And so I'm constantly like helping people with prompts. And so for me, it's like, you know, well, this is what I do all day because people are like, how do I say it? I'm like, and they're like, oh, I said, well, let's practice your way of saying it. How would you say it? Right. Because yeah. you may not even use the word parlay. What is right. your language? Right. Yeah. But the, the message behind it could be the same. I want us to be friends and not like romantic interests. Yes. So uh, I I feel, do you feel like your presence and your business has gotten larger? You know, has that been easy for you to handle? You know, you're, we're seeing your face more. You, you're mm-hmm. a New York Times bestseller. Everybody's Nedra Nedra. How, how are you dealing with that? You know, it it is very interesting, but also it's not because I feel very normally myself, mm-hmm. but I think the people around me are mm-hmm. responding a little different and I'm still just, you know, being myself, but I am more conscious of myself um, in social settings. Uh, I'm more conscious of myself um, as I'm posting things online. I look back at my time hop and I was like, oh, I would never post that this year. <laughs> you know, 
and it's it's nothing offensive, but it's just stuff like you know I'm not in the business of selling everybody products, and you yeah. know just stuff that I would I would do that I'm more conscious of. Like I don't think I would post that, but maybe there's a way to to transition that yeah. content. So those sort of things have changed because. I have changed, you know, my, my status on social media has changed. So of course that's caused some shifts, but I, you know, it's really strange because I don't mention this. And so I have the same, you know, I have the same contact information from 2001 or something, okay. right? And so people from back, back in the day and text me, I'd be like, is this still your number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this and the Metra? <laughs> I'm like, hey, girl, it's me. Tell your mama say hi. <laughs> right, you know? right. like, yeah. You know, and 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 that's cool. And I, I think it's it's stranger for other people than it is for me because I've been becoming this for years. Mm. I think people are starting to see this. It's like, yo, I've been secret into this scene for a long time. Like I've been a therapist for 14 years. So people have, you know, like my friends and family don't see me as a therapist. They see me as, you know, they see me. Right. Uh, But now they're getting like this therapeutic content and, you know, all this other stuff. So that does shift it. But I think always um, I'm constantly trying to be conscious of, you know, what are my intentions here? What do I want? What do I need to shift? Because some things do need to change. Yeah. And some things can, you know, be pretty normal. Yeah. I think that was what honestly what led me to therapy is I, I launched a business that took off overnight and then I got gained some popularity, um, not on purpose, just kind of being myself. And it really freaked me out. And just hearing you say that it's, it was more about the people around me. It's like, Mm -hmm. I am still the same person, you know, I, but I felt, I feel, I felt like I'd like go places and like everybody knew, I felt like I had a little sign over my head that had my bank account total over it. It's like, everybody knows, (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so I was con- I was so self-conscious. I was fearful. Like I grew up in Inglewood and I had got this is gonna tell how crazy I got some bulletproof glass like installed over my door. I was mm-hmm. so terrified. Um and and I've been privileged to have good therapy for nearly a decade through this process, which um, I think has helped me sort of like keep my feet on the ground, manage situations uh, where I sometimes feel uncomfortable, you know, the assumption of like, you're always going to pay or, or just people that just start jumping out with anything. And so I wondered, I'm like, you have nearly a million Instagram followers and not that life is Instagram, but it's like you popping on and off the ground, like <laughs> you have the receipts selling books and you know, you're, you're ultra official. And I just was like, I wonder how this must be for her. But I mean, you're so centered, you do this, you know? And so, yeah, there are some I, I think with, um, with the money piece, one of the things that I was thinking about, I was like, wow, like, you know, I could do this, I could do that, but if I want to, and just because I have money doesn't mean I have to spend it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I have to um, rescue people. It doesn't mean that I have to um, give it away. It doesn't mean I have to invest. I get to decide. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to make a decision today. 
Yes. And, and I feel like a lot of women who, I think you said, you just said something that it's like, you, you've been working toward this, you know, and, and now you are just, who even knows how, how, how far you're going to blast off, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But you do, I think a lot of us feel this, this need to like, Oh God, uh, let me, I definitely went through, through this where I would just be like buying gifts, like crazy, you know, buying Gucci bags and this and that for people randomly. And my therapist really had to sit me down like, okay. And I was like, I'm just giving no, you know, and now I have a little budget, like let's, I don't care what you can afford. Let's stay within this range. And just that small tip has really sort of helped. Like I can be giving, but I don't need to spend a thousand dollars because I can. Yeah. And I think we forget that people, you know, money is relative, right? Yes. And I think when you think of, oh my gosh, this person, they have a lot of money. It's like, you know, I remember being in college and thinking, man, if I made a thousand dollars a month, I would be living. Yeah, my rent was four hundred dollars. Okay. So at this time, it's like one thousand dollars. Yes. You know, but one of the things that you know we don't realize, and you get this perspective from from being a therapist, that there are people with tons of money with no money. Oh. (laughs) So yeah, you know you you have to really think about the life you want to live and it's not really based on money. It could certainly improve it in some ways, but mm-hmm. you know, there are so many other things that are important relationships, connection, yes. work, you know, yeah. family, yeah. there are so many things. So, you know, that's just one piece of it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. So I think I had, two kids in three years. And I think one time I went to tag you in something and I saw that you had DM me like forever ago. And I was like, how did I miss this? It's like, you missed it having babies. Uh, and it was, um, you had sent me some books about motherhood and that time was a haze. And to be honest, I'm still, I'm like, I think because I know I'm not having any more children. I feel like my world is starting to open up. Uh, I can see the light, but as I come out of the fog for, from becoming a mom for the second time, what are some resources that you have found useful for new moms? Because I I find myself, people coming to me, you know, societally, I'm an older mom, I'm 42. And so um, I just, it's hard. And I, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of conversation about it. I am a working mom. I am an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mom. It's, it's a lot, but what do you find to be some resources um, for new moms? Yeah, um, I guess I had two kids in three years too. You did? Um, Yeah, my kids, five and seven. Okay, wow. So um, I think one of the things that's really helpful for motherhood is developing your parenting approach. And you could start this well before you have kids, just thinking about, what type of parent you would like to be. Okay. Because so often we get into it and we we do what everybody else is doing. We kind of go with the flow and we haven't thought about, 
Do you want your kid to sleep in a bed or not? Do you want to breastfeed or not? Do you want to, you know, have five play dates a week or not? And some of these things are not really what we want to be doing, but because we haven't thought about mm-hmm. how we want to mother or parent, we start doing all of this stuff and it creates postpartum. It creates a lot of, you know, anxiety, depression, burnout, mm. because we are doing so many things that are not what we want to be doing, but what we should be doing. Mm. And there is a ton of mom shaming around anything that is different from someone else. And I, I believe, you know, um, I was at a party once and I had my little kids there and it was some other little kids. And this girl said, how is it having to? I said, oh, it's good. And she tried to talk to me about like the struggles from going to one to two because she was considering two. And I said, you know, I won't talk to you about that. I'm not in the business of talking people out of decisions that they need to make. Mm. Like I'm not right. I'm not going to sit here and share horror stories because right. it's. You're, it seems like you're already anxious, right? Like you're like, how was it? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it's good. It's great. You know, make your life decision. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spread okay. um, any anxiety or whatever I'm going through in the moment, in the day, because okay. it really determines what you'll do with your life. And that's just not appropriate. And mm-hmm. so I think being a parent, you know, it is the most giving thing you can do especially, you know, carrying the baby and feeding the baby and, you know, all of these things. But now that I'm, you know, my kids are five and seven, I realize like, you know, this time is precious. Yeah. This time is so precious. And these days are numbered and, you know, I, I want to be present in them and I want to, you know, do things a certain way. And that's not going to be, um, something that everybody else agree with. Yeah. I like my kids to have an opinion. I want to hear it, you know, because sometimes they change my opinion. I'm like, girl, I ain't never thought about it like that. (laughs) Yes. Even it's, it's so true. Yes. It's just my, I, I talked to my dad. I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, it's just some days, some days are hard. And he goes, he just has a way of constantly remind, he goes, it's really short my week. It's really, yes. it's not a long time. They are it's going so short. Yeah. They're going to it's be so out. You're going to know them outside of your home longer than you will inside. And that, oh, Nedra gets me. My son's turning oh, yeah. three. I'm putting him in the car seat. He's going to be three and he was going to be three in three days. And I'm just looking, I just had you and you're turning three. I can't, it's just. I last year feeding <laughs> baby some baby food because it reminded me of feeding my babies. are you crying and she had made the food like I was just in the zone I just start I was like this is just so precious and the little baby is waiting for the the food to come I was like oh my god I'm about to tear up I know (laughs) I really my children I I they have humanized me in such a way they you know it's they have they've just been such a gift to me and I'm so glad that I, similarly to what you said, I had an idea of of how I wanted to parent. And so when, you know, family members or whoever comes, you know, with the questions, I'm so confident and just like, I can, two things can be true. And, you know, this is what I'm doing. 
So yeah, a lot of stuff that happened to us doesn't need to happen again. Oh, and we really have to get away from this philosophy of this is how it was done. And so we have to continue doing it this way. Everything has improved. We now use debit cards. People remember checks. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> right. And things will like change. Every, yeah. Things yeah. change. Parenting yeah. does too. And like you said, you have to be very clear in how you want to, you know, parent your children. And one way to really do that is to, you know, read, to get on some of these blogs and figure out what sort of philosophy you want to have. And the biggest thing you can do as a mother is take care of yourself. Ooh, that's what I was going to ask you about that. It's hard. I think It is so hard. It's hard to not be so sacrificial. It's, it's, it's really difficult. And honestly, I I felt like, I felt like having the the kids like just knocked me over, you know, and knocked me over and like stumbling my way back up. And I have never been a person that has felt comfortable accepting help until I had them. Now, when someone says, can I get that for you? Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. Can you come over? I'm like, can you come over and mm-hmm. and talk to me? Because when I was on my first maternity leave, that was so jarring for me. I had never sat still for that long with no one talking back to me. And I'm like, and my friends like, oh, we didn't want to bother you. I was like, please come over. Please bother me. Please bother me. Yes. Tell me um, about your weekend. Yes. <laughs> uh, I want, you are an avid reader, Nedra. I I feel like you read in a way that like I used to, that I look forward to getting back to. But I wondered as someone who reads as much as you do, when you wrote your book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, what, were you setting out to do something different than what you'd seen? Um, Sort of what, what were you, what were you hoping to accomplish with the book? Because it is so well done. I wanted to write a book that I would want to read. I, because I read so many books, I have books where I'm like, this is a great book for people who don't know a lot about this topic. This is a book for professionals. Like, I don't mm. even think I don't even think lay people should read it because it's and sometimes it's not even clinical books. It's right. just books that the information is so good, but it's also so heavy. Mm. And we lose a lot of people in heaviness. They take two years to finish the book. Yeah. I have a friend. She's been reading this one book about 10 years. She said, every time <laughs> I start this first chapter, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I tell who I hope you finish that book, girl. Right. <laughs> it is a good book, but sometimes it can be too heavy. And I yeah. think. I wanted to write a book in a way where people could could get through it, understand it, see themselves and apply the information. Yeah. And application is the biggest part for me. Okay. Reading all of the books that I read, I try to take a little tidbit. I've started taking notes because sometimes I forget now. Like what I so now I write the book. I have my little star system. I take some notes. I'll write the little quotes that stuck out because. I do want to remember the information so I can apply it Okay. with therapy, with self-help. It only works if we're applying the things we're learning about. I think that's the toughest part. Some people are saying, how do I apply? Do you, can you think of like small steps that people can do? If you're reading something, I guess maybe just in practice. 
that's it. You know, it's practice and it's doing one thing. It's not, you don't have to read a book and do everything they said in the book. Yeah. But, you know, if what's indistractable, if, you know, indistractable is how to be more present when you want to be present and mm-hmm. not so distracted by technology, by all of this other stuff. Right. Yeah. So from that book, I took, you know, maybe I don't need as many apps as I have on my phone. Yep. That's the one thing I remember taking away from the book. I read the whole book. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, right. Right. So, yeah, I didn't, I'm not applying every single thing, but, yes. you know, I just read, um, what is the, oh gosh, Adam Grant. Adam um, Grant. Oh, I, I have it. Think in- again. Okay. Think yeah. again. The most important thing I got from that book, he asked the question, why do we ask people, what do they want to be when they grow up? Because kids don't know and adults don't know either. So yeah. the, the rest of the book was amazing, but that was my takeaway. Really? Like, this is a question that we are still determining even and determining even when we become adults. Yeah. That we're still trying to figure out who we want to be when we grow up and to put kids in a space to be in medical school mode when you're 12 and to be in this mode, are we helping them or harming them? Are they able to develop who they are or are we telling them who they should be? So that was a great takeaway. Yeah. I, I, I've, I said that maybe when I first started my podcast, I was like, that is one of the worst questions that you can ask anyone, mm-hmm. especially a child, because you put them on the spot to tell you something. And then, because I know you start this like commitment to something that you said when you were 18 or seven, you know, <laughs> so you still have people, you have people right now today in careers they don't love because they promise their parent who's now deceased that they were going to become this and it's like once it comes out of your mouth then you feel so committed to it I need to so so but we believe that to be true I think one of the common questions that I get is how did you become a therapist Mm. because people think that you know I became a therapist at four at five like I had these like you know these things where I was like I know I want to be a therapist and I didn't I think I have certain you know personality skills. I certainly love to listen to people talk. I love to um, talk to people, but I didn't know this was a job when I was a kid. I thought, you know, I don't know what I thought this was. I didn't know about therapy as a concept. So I didn't want to be a therapist when I was growing up. I wanted to be a teacher, be a judge, you know, the top five things that kids say, those are the things that I wanted to do. Right. And then just in going to college and trying different things, having different classes, I, you know, changed some majors a few times. Same. (laughs) Yeah. And I figured out, oh, this is, this is what I want to do just in doing it. Just getting an internship and, you know, not liking one and going to another and being like, oh, I like working with people one-on-one. I thought I liked this other thing, but I really like this. Yeah. I saw the other day that you said that you would not stop practicing. So you are still a practicing therapist. Yes. What is it about practicing that gives you, I mean, gives you your feel like, why are you not off writing more books and more books? Well, I think that, that the therapy is the juice. Mm. Um, You know, real, real people gives me the, the energy to do all of this other stuff. Like, there, there's only so much I could get from a DM conversation with a person. It's not deep. 
There mm-hmm. are no layers to it. It's very, you know, surface. I think therapy is so deep and intertwined that, you know, I understand things in different ways in talking to people. I understand, you know, new ways to help people because yeah. I'm constantly getting creative. It's, you know, I kind of compare therapy to being an improv comedian. Like you're mm. constantly coming up with stuff, right? It's like, oh, never had this problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, That's, this is this is what's crazy is that I've talked to a couple of therapists and everyone has something different of how they see it, but it all is creative. And I don't think I realize that about yeah. it. Like uh, I spoke to a therapist earlier today who says, I view it as a canvas, you know, someone else, I view it as a puzzle. Uh, I think that that is incredible. I do have a question that I've been asking. Um, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as we are re-entering um, society, what are some things that you might be seeing that people may or may not be experiencing as they're going out into the world that maybe they don't have the words for, they don't really know what it is? Like lately, I have I've, I have found it very difficult to focus. And I am like, Lay queen laser focus. And I just, I was like, what is happening? Um, but are you seeing anything? Yeah. So I think that the pandemic gave us a wonderful excuse to not be engaged in certain relationships, to take space from situations, to create some downtime and relax. And as we are reintegrating some of us fear losing that right that that freedom you had to say no to the party because I'm not vaccinated and you know all (laughs) these sort of things (laughs) but as I've been telling people you can be um vaccinated and still not want to blank right you don't have to start loading your calendar up because you can Take what you learned about yourself as you were quarantined or in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and continue to apply it. Maybe you don't like to do certain things. Maybe you do like to do certain things and you can continue to apply that. You know, some people are nervous about still, you know, still being in the spirit of wearing a mask and being teased or ostracized for doing that. And I think, hey, you know, you can wear a mask as long as you want to. There is nothing saying that you have to take your mask off. Um, Continue to wear it if that's what makes you feel comfortable. Continue to have smaller gatherings if that's what makes you feel comfortable. There are no rules. We are creating them. Yeah. And you can decide what this post-pandemic world will look like. And it doesn't have to be what happened pre-pandemic. Right. Yeah. And I think that is is the trickiest. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to wrap because I know I appreciate your time. I know it is, it is Friday uh, and it's been a long week. I thank you for taking the time to to sit with me. I'm really as a, as a outside fan, I'm just incredibly proud of, of what you've done and what you continue to do. And as someone who has, who is living the benefits of working with a therapist. Uh, I just love the access that is, I feel is being provided in such a way to our community. And so I just look forward to seeing how much brighter this star is going to get for, for, for you. You're so talented. Um, and you're almost at a million on Instagram. Right now. Is, 
well, will, will you celebrate? Will that be like a, and for someone who does not like social has, who didn't like social, that has a million followers on Instagram. I know. That's I like incredible. It now. You do. I, I found my lane. Yeah. Okay. I like it now. Okay. Still personally, I'm very much like, please text me a picture of your baby. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be checking your page for your baby. Please yeah. send me the picture. I know, uh, but yeah. professionally, I do really like it because I see that it is a useful impact. And mm-hmm. I like that piece of it. I like being of value and of service. It is my volunteer, <laughs> you know, it's I love volunteering yeah. um, in some way. So I, I do like that. But personally, um, you're not personally, you're not, I, I always, I love, I, I've seen a, seen a couple of different pieces from you, podcast and articles of just like digital boundaries. And I think a lot of us could afford to, to use them. You're like, you can unfollow people. You don't have to hate follow. Um, you can do you and people can be whoever they want to be yeah. on social so- media. Yeah, I guess one of my challenges with social media is sometimes I don't like to know the parts that people share. Mm. I like to know people in the space that I know them. So, Mm. for example, I have, you know, some younger cousins and they would post stuff and I would, you know, are you okay? Is, you know, and it's like, Mm. yeah, I'm I'm like, you know what? I can't follow you. Yeah. (laughs) you should be able to say whatever you want to in this space. Yeah. And I understand this is, you know, this is how the world operates, but the way I see you is not this and it's not you. It's me. Uh, <laughs> like I need to get out of here. I need I, to get out. Yeah. I need to get off your page. That Your was, page. Yeah. Have a hot girl summer, little cousin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yes. I can't watch it unfold. Yeah. I, <laughs> Nedra, I had a a, fl- a, fa- a close family member that I just, I felt like just all the stuff they were posting. I'm like, I don't even know you were into this. Mm-hmm. And then just, so I finally, after a long time, told my neighbors, I'm like, I just, I blocked this. But she said, I wonder, I was wondering how long it was going to take you. It was just so, you feel like, oh, this is yeah. my family member. I have to be connected to them so that I can show them pictures. And it's like, I've realized I don't have to, I can text you a photo or I can put some in the mail. I don't have to be connected in this way. And so we, I still feel like we still have a lot to learn about social um, yeah. and the impact of it over the years. So, well, I thank you for your time. Um, I hope to talk to you again and I hope to see you out. I think I, I, I got invited to do something that I think you're going to be a part of oh, in, in Charlotte. Yeah. Yay. So um, I probably will meet you in person this year. If that I get, is so exciting. Yeah, if I can get out of the house, I, I gotta tell you with the pandemic, I'm like, I can go places, you know. So someone's like, Can you can you meet in person? I'm like, we can't do. Oh, I love Zoom. <laughs> I just, I'm like, why are we still doing things in person? I don't get it. Let's go back to Zoom. <laughs> Let's go back to Zoom. <laughs> yes. Well, have a good one, Nedra. You too. <laughs>